CurioCast's Podcast Emporium. We do not believe that one day God lies. Welcome to Alphabet Flight Encyclopedic Marvel Journey, where I talk about all the characters we all know and love and have forgotten as well. <laughs> With me today is my wavering on second and like first and a half place favorite mayonnaise boy. <laughs> I, I didn't know what was going to happen there. I had yeah, no it's idea. Caleb. I had no idea how I was wavering between what and what. I don't know. I mean, I do have yeah. a lot of stock. I do have a lot of like personal worth tied into these mayonnaise boy rankings. Oh, well, we're talking about the one of the only X-Men characters I love. One of the best, like one of the best Claremont characters. I'm going to just say that. What does the handbook say about Dazzler? Well, Dazzler, most of it. And I, I um, am not a fan when they take a very simple and easy to explain power uh-huh. and spend a whole page trying to n- nail it down to every minute detail because that does not matter when you're reading the book. Her power is she can use sounds uh-huh. around her uh-huh. uh, to make a, uh, a physical light beam, which is um, very... It's very interesting uh, visually on page because this is one of the only sound powers I can think of that actually reads really well. Yeah, it's not context. like this the the banshee siren like weird circular sound waves coming from your scream or whatever. Well, because one of the things that's interesting about the comic book medium, and you probably understand this if you've seen a page of a comic book ever, is word balloons are supposed to represent sound. And one one thing that you can do, you could just like kind of like wipe that stuff out and be like wow, look, Dazzler is sucking the literal words out of people's mouths and turning into this really awesome laser coming out of her head. Yeah, that's awesome. And it's also like one of those things where, like most powers, right? Like writers become like the the kid on the, the ball field who's like, I changed the rules of the game like as we're playing it because I'm winning. Because, like, uh, listed under her powers here, I see, like, agility, blast power, energy absorption, energy absorption, energy shield, flight, healing, heat generation, holographic projection. So they're like, she can do anything with sound and turn it into light energy or rays or whatever. But I think it's really interesting because we keep mentioning sound because, like, Dazzler was originally created as, like, this cross-promotion with this record company. And since she was, like, the late 70s, early 80s, she was like disco dazzler so she's like a human disco ball kind of but i think that it's awesome that they found a really great way to like physically represent all of this cool like sound stuff her being a singer and a musician and all this stuff into something like super super interesting and also um with this is just a thing because she came from the disco era basically and on here, it's it's a paraphernalia. Uh, underneath paraphernalia, uh, she carries a customized radio cassette player to provide her with continuous sounds until she learned to 
store sound in her costume, which sure, whatever. Did she have like pouches when she did that? I don't think so. I think she just I think her costume was cargo, made out of cargo pants. She technology. Probably. Oh. I'm just going to say she technology because that's just how you explain it. Made out of feathers from space that came from my hair. Oh, by the way, uh, uh, one of the ways, the reason why the X-Men had uh, costumes for the longest time is there's always space magic technology, basically. Because for a long time, it was Shi'ar technology that Xavier got from his bird girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Before he, I think before the third time he pretended that he died and just left his team thinking that he'd la- died. Yeah. He's either the third or second time. He does it a lot. That's kind of his deal. Like, he just kind of, like, dies and comes back and be like, ha, you guys are doing better because I'm a giant dickhole and I hate everyone, actually. I'm an awful person. That's exactly what he says. Really well-written dialogue. <laughs> yeah. He also says it like uh, Patrick Stewart, so, like, it sounds, like, real charismatic oh, when yeah, he says like, it. like, super gravitas yeah. all the time. Uh, but the the fun thing is, is she also occasionally rares a woman's size eight pair of roller skates, which magnetically adheres to her boots. She's a very accomplished roller skater and can use the skates to move at high speed. Yeah, I feel like she was originally conceived to be like Olivia Newton John, and that this much. is like the Xanadu part of that character. Um, but the cool thing about it is, is that even though like that sounds kind of lame doesn't sound lame that is super lame uh i think that's great that they've been able to like change her and adapt her to different things like she was an excalibur in the early aughts and like she had like short pink hair or they kind of changed the way like her style is or her or singing is or in the ultimate universe where they wanted to make everything young and edgy she was like a punk rock singer or something so like i think that uh it's great that this concept that feels like it should have been super dated was actually like has kind of stood the test of time and people still use her all the time she's she has a crap ton of appearances um like it says here on comic vine that she's been in like over 2000 issues of something some of those are going to be reprints yeah but most sure, of those are going to be like other like other languages or whatever but it's pretty like she's been she's like for somebody who's like um she's at her own like weird like present book at certain points and she's been involved in a lot of different x-men stuff so i think at a certain point you have to just kind of be like you know what it's awesome that like we can keep using this character for different things. And I, I, I will always tell everyone that I am pro Dazzler. I will go on the record as being pro Dazzler. Um, I don't think anybody's going to fight me on it, but still, I guess that's good. Cause I think all the other X-Men characters we had so far, I was soundly against. Are there any ones that have stuck out as like particularly egregious or, are there any of them that you actually maybe kind of liked, like villains or something? I like the idea of Selena, or aka the Black Queen. Okay. The early Black Queen. Okay. She's basically a soul vampire that doms the hell out of people. Cool. <laughs> so, like, I'm just like, that's cool. Okay. Uh, it also speaks to 
Yeah, so, you know, I'm just gonna... I'm not gonna theorize about that. But, um, as much as... And I, and you know what? I actually like Beast. I was gonna say, Beast probably came up. He's super cool. Yeah, I like Beast a lot. We, I think we came down with him being the best cuddler out of the group. I'm sure. Like, and... He only gets better at cuddling when he gets furry. Like, that's only cooler and better to cuddle with as he, like, yeah. mutates. As long as he isn't, isn't that weird, like, early 2000s, like, hyper-realistic cat beast, I'm okay. I really like the weird... I don't know if it's a name that became less interesting or less prestigious over time, but I really like the idea that, like, 60s Marvel, that there are more than one dude who it's like, this guy's super smart and he's really great at science. What should his name be? Hank. I'm going to name him <laughs> Hank. Like, and it happened in like both of their team books. And I don't get why maybe like Stan Lee just like knew some dude named Hank who was like super smart. And he just like kept using the name for whatever reason. But, but no, yeah, I like Dazzler. I wish people like, like, like I do with a lot of X-Men characters. I wish that, like, people would have been able to get their stuff together after 1992 and, like, figure out cool things to do with her. Like, I'm a huge Nightcrawler fan, but I also think a lot of the stuff that's happened with Nightcrawler, like, lately has been super weird and not cool. Or, like, I don't know. I like Nightcrawler a lot, too. Nightcrawler's, like, one of the only, uh, he's not original five, but, like, one of the original after the... He's one of giant the, size the giant X-Men. yeah, he's one of the giant size people. So yep. the the like multinational, multi-ethnic new X-Men, uh, which is a weird thing. But anyway, and let, he's one of my favorite out of my the giant size. My family people. German I, my family's German Catholic, so uh Nightcrawler is a very important uh character for me. And he's also he just looks super cool and like yeah, I I was happy to see him, like, even though Apocalypse wasn't a great movie, I was happy to see him in the movie. Well, speaking of updates, her visual update, like, one of the visual updates she had that you showed me earlier was, like, real rad. I'll have to make sure to post that. Yeah, it's like, it looks like it's drawn by Marcos Martin. It's like the picture that comes up. Oh, that's another thing I would like to talk about. There's a tons of really good Hispanic art uh, artists. Yeah, uh, for on, sure. Working with Marvel now, for it's sure. It's super great. No, There's yeah. So many. <laughs> so I'm glad that's happening. Maybe more women would be great, but you know, or at least writers, you're getting some brown people right, in there. Right, I or think writer, writing is a big diversity issue. I think, even though they're doing a lot better, and but then it's also a weird thing, right? Like, I think Martine's effective because. Not only is he visible, but, like, he works on big books that aren't, like... Like, on the one hand, it's awesome that we had Ms. Marvel and it was written and edited by Muslim women. But on the other hand, then that becomes the book that's about Muslim women for Muslim women. Just like yeah, how it's like, awesome that Ta-Nehisi has, uh, Coates and Roxanne Gay are, like, writing stories about the Black Panther. But then it's, like, here's the black writers who are writing the black book about black people. Well, okay, here... Okay, from my, at least my perspective. Let a mayonnaise boy explain how yes. in- diversity and inclusion <laughs> works, everybody. So from my, from my perspective, as mm-hmm. someone who tends to pass as very, a lot of different races, mm-hmm. because only Hispanic people know, can see that I'm Hispanic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, um, 
that's odd. I don't know. I'm getting, I get, I get so many different things. I hate it. Also, maybe mm-hmm. don't ask people what they are. Right. I'm a right. Goddamn human being. Absolutely. Very clearly American. Absolutely. So, uh, but yeah, I don't care what skin color you are. Stop it, please. It mm-hmm. makes me real uncomfortable and othered. Uh, <laughs> whatever. Uh, but um, having having these books where there is representation mm-hmm. um, is good. But it's but like we need to get past that point where the Muslim woman works on a Muslim woman book but i don't think it's important that she did right so that we don't it's important that she did it's important that she did but Mm -hmm. we need to get past the point where that's that's the only thing that 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 yeah author does this is the key to the point yeah this is the key problem of being critical is that like people think that you're like you're poo-pooing something that's awesome by finding problems with it but like the reality of it is that everything has problems and some things have less problems than other things, but we can still point out the problems. It's it's good. Don't get me wrong. Uh-huh. Like it, it's great. And I'm glad that we have that mm-hmm. representation, but it would be better if we can get, get it to where like they're just mainstream mm-hmm. because that's the only way you get you de stigmatize and de yeah. uh, what's the, what's the terms I'm thinking of? Uh, normalize. Yeah. So you normalize People stuff. Do, do, you normalize stuff. It's the only way to normalize stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, like we're, like it, I'm glad we're at the point where there are tons of Hispanic actors mm-hmm. and like writers and stuff that gets a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. But like you make them mainstream and people understand. Also, people stop taking Oster Isaacs away from me. He's not white. Okay. Give me this. Give me this one thing. Stop saying he's a white dude, please. Yeah, no, I think this is like a common problem, right? Is like how people get coded. But it's, but yeah, it's come for the, come for the discussion of the disco mutant and stay for the super woke talk from like two dudes, one who's super lily white, that being me. So yeah absolutely um i'm like literally like i have to lean certain ways into the camera so that jesse doesn't see the sun overtake my body from how much it shines off of my skin so (laughs) the blinds are even closed so it's super weird see like oddly enough sometimes we do get into these uh kind of uh issues of representation and we talk about them and stuff like uh on this because like comic books are i think a really good vector for young child for like mm-hmm. younger people and teenagers to kind of see different representation you're also examining the marvel universe from a moment in time when this was not necessarily something coming from like fans and creators as much as it is now like 30 30 years ago it was 30 years ago like we weren't really talking about some of this stuff or it just like just so happens that like oh hey that woman is a super rad writer but would we have discovered that she was a super rad writer had she not been like married to another super rad artist guy right like i think that that's part of it so yeah but they but they are like real both really good and they work really good together too like but like 
would it would like she have been able to like break through the boys club it's an unfortunate thing where it's like ugh but then like we we uh i think like one of the things i was thinking about earlier today was just like it i want there to be more like there's so often has there been like one person who's supposed to be like this is the cool female writer like in the 80s it was louise simonson in the 90s it was gail simone right and then like in the 2000s it kind of blew up yeah luckily at least what i'm saying in both dc and marvel we are getting multiple female writers who are good we just need more artists representation we just need more artists we need we need more yeah just in general like and it's it sounds and again it sounds like i'm poo-pooing on everything but we need more because it's the only way you're going to normalize stuff yep that's totally fair well uh plugs yeah um i don't have a whole lot of irons in the fire right now but i am co-hosting a podcast called Rivertel, um which is a podcast that some friends of mine they've done like a we're doing a little mini series where we're recapping every episode of the cw show riverdale based on the archie comics characters it's a lot of fun you can find it by looking up uh the, the hideous energy podcast it's under hideous energy presents uh, river tell and if you like that maybe you can stick around for my friend's podcast that i'm not on um but they're still super cool and they're still super funny and um yeah i love this stupid garbage soap opera show it's awesome so i, I still need should to check it out i still need to rock, watch it because like i, I, I kind of want to wait till the end yeah i don't know how far the cw app goes or i know you can re- watch it on hulu right now you can watch it on the cw app and then well, C- CW has that super awesome deal with Netflix where as soon yeah. as the show, the season's over, it'll be on Netflix. So, like, yeah, I think it's a week after or something. Yeah. 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 So, like, it's I'm awesome. probably just going to binge it on that. Cause... And it's pretty bingeable. I will say it has, okay, a, that's good. has a great young cast filled with actors that I've never seen before doing awesome stuff. Um, and it has uh, Madchen Amick from the uh, Twin Peaks as a really evil mom and it has luke perry as a super super awesome uh sexy dad of archie which i think is super cool too so which coincidentally archie is also super sexy so he he is um (laughs) they make a point in the pilot to be like yeah i was lifting concrete all summer and that's why i look like this so <laughs> go for it man whatever but yeah and also well, he's not I'll... the sexiest dude on the show cole sprouse is actually pretty sexy as jughead he is like he's got this like dark intensity to him that's amazing i i watched him on the sweet life on zach and cody yeah it's super weird to be attracted to him when you like saw him as a child but yeah it's awesome yeah it's super weird but like he's also a real good guy looking dude uh but um but speaking of things um i have a podcast called turn to page which is a choose your own adventure book podcast um i read it and the guest adventure um i also have a podcast called turn to pay dot i already said that i also have a podcast called random sampling which me and my lovely podcast cohort carrie nelson uh talk about random stuff that pops up in wikis please listen to that one please uh there's also uh ways to support the show by sharing reviewing subscribing on itunes and your podcatcher of choice you can also give me money on patreon or redbubble by buying a shirt 
or something. You can find links to both of those in the description down below and on the Facebook page, the Alphabet Flight and Encyclopedic Marvel Journey. Wait, okay. The artwork is done by Ryan Healy. Uh, this has been Alphabet Flight, and may Conchu protect you through all of your night travels. Good night. Mm-hmm.